Less than a week from now, college football is kicking off for the 2023 season. We're going to get into the first set of conference previews featuring the Pac-12, the American, the Mountain West, Conference USA, and the Southeastern Conference featuring Week Zero debutante, the mighty Vanderbilt Commodores. Oh, yeah, and the two-time defending champion, Georgia Bulldogs. All that on this episode of Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm getting tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to round this week. That's why I got a college gift. That's why I was an All-American in Michigan. It's Division One football. It's the Big Twelve. I've got so many ways to remain love a million ways. I've been thinking in love. Don't How you doing? I, I'm all right. It's it's it, it's it's been a day considering what our recording schedule was going to be, and then what it turned out not to be, and then we turned out to be. And I know that you know that you know that I know that you know that I or whatever. You, you're We're just here. Flailing open the curtain, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it the, the morning's been a shit show. I, I I slept in my own bed last night for the first time. What feels like a month. I it's it, it's wide open. Un, unlike the college football playoff, it's wide open here. At six year seniors. Um, I got I got I got nothing else. I I, I am strewn about. Uh, much like much like the Pac twelve conference, I'm strewn about, and, and and I don't know what to do. But I do know we're going to break down some preseason football here. Well. As you said, there are very few teams that have any kind of opportunity to win the national title this year. Personally, I counted as six, and one of the biggest reasons is the two-time defending champion, Georgia Bulldogs. I look at their schedule. They're 12-0. and 0. There's no way yeah. around it. Uh, in, in my mind, and, and Vegas handicappers agree with me, there's probably going to be 10 games where they are double-digit favorites. And of course, obviously, they'll be favorites in every game. Absolutely, it, it, it's an absolute sham how easy their schedule is. You can't you can't sit out here and say, "Oh, big bad SEC," rah, 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 and play that schedule. I'm sorry, that's an absolute that's a joke. Well, especially the three non conference games, or well, four non conference games, including the the big battle of Georgia against Tech. It would help. I would say it would help if. If Georgia Tech actually fielded a football program that was that was worth a crap, I say that uh, knowing that Georgia Tech beat North Carolina last year in Chapel Hill because God hates me. But yeah, when, when you're playing Tennessee, Martin, Ball State, Georgia Tech, who am I missing? Oh, and UAB. UAB. I, I forgot UAB. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's just not a good look. At Auburn, in uh, should be a game. But I don't think Auburn's ready to uh, step up to the plate yet this year. And the rest of that, uh, t- Tennessee at the end of the year will be fun. But I'm not I'm not feeling any of this. Georgia's got a cakewalk here. 
Yeah, the only other game that might be under double digits is the Florida game. The cocktail party, let's call it what it is. Weird things happen there every now and then, but this Georgia team ain't the Georgia teams of old. And then the, I see twelve I see twelve games where they take care of business here. Yeah, and, and the Florida team is not Florida teams of old. And, no, and let's talk about not. this non conference schedule because frankly, I Ball State and UAB are so bad that possibly Tennessee Martin could give both of them a run. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you might you're onto something there. Well, when we get to UAB, I, I will talk about why I think they're that bad. And uh, oh, no. there might be a bet involved. Hint, hint. Oh, yikes. But yeah, uh, Georgia, yeah, f- finally, they do not have Stetson Al Bennett IV there anymore. What are we going to do? I did, I, I'm, I, I'm struggling to deal with this. Well, okay, first you're going to have to come up with a funny name for Carson Beck because he'll be the new quarterback there. And he's only a sophomore, so he'll be there for a few more years. Jesus, damn it. Does the offense get better without Stetson Bennett? I don't think so. I don't think so because it was so finely tuned with him there. You, you probably have a better athlete at quarterback, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have better personnel at quarterback. Is Stetson, is Stetson Bennett the greatest college game manager of all time? Oh, man, yeah. I, I usually, okay. usually guys aren't game managers in college. I know. He was a Heisman finalist, for God's sake. I, I can't even think of another quarterback on a really good team that wasn't the leader of that really good team. I know. Team. It, it's it's great. Um who was the who was the the, the quarterback for um for the two thousand one, two thousand two Miami team? Uh, Ken Dorsey? Okay, okay. But he might then, fall I into mean, that Dor- category. Dorsey was considered like a first or second round draft pick. That's the closest I can come up with. I got nothing else. Of course, Tyler Van, Van Dyke was also considered a first-round draft pick. And he's <laughs> back with the Hurricanes this year. So, How, how long? God, we'll, we'll, get into the, we'll get into that as we go along. I, I've got several. How long's that guy been in school uh, <laughs> as we go here? Oh, we're, we're going to have that for about two more years with, with the COVID rules still rolling in. Yeah, yeah. Th- there are dudes... I, first off, they made six. They made our name, sixth-year seniors, commonplace, and now there's seventh-year seniors running around here right now. Yeah, I saw. I saw an eighth-year senior somewhere. I don't oh, remember who it was, out how it went out, but yeah. Well, I I know the quarterback at Sac State last year was an eighth-year senior, but Jesus that was D one A. So yeah, the Bulldogs have Dewan Edwards and. Kendall Milton back at running back. So heck Beck will probably never have to throw the ball when he does. He's got Brock Bowers as his safety valve. Maybe we'll see more of Bowers next this year, which could be a scary proposition. I would love to see more Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is awesome. And their defense is, is stout. Well yep. above average. 
let's go ahead and just pencil in the dogs there in the playoff, and and we'll figure out who's playing for second place. Yeah, exactly. In the SEC, I'm not saying Georgia can't be got in the playoff or anything like that, or if even or even if they could be knocked off in the SEC championship game. I ain't you know not going that far, Ooh, but they I, will they will roll into Atlanta for the SEC title game undefeated. Now, how much of this is that Georgia's that good, and the rest of their division is that bad? I, I think if you threw Georgia in the SEC West, it would be very interesting to see how things how things come out. They got two other teams in the top twenty in the top five of the preseason top twenty five. Not that I not that I you know we've talked about the, the preseason polls here for years. They're very very flawed. But there's a reason that Alabama and LSU are are in the top five, and there's nobody else uh, from from the SEC East aside from Tennessee sniffing it. It would be interesting if Georgia was on the other side, but they're not. So we don't have to have that conversation. So let's talk quickly about the rest of the SEC East. Uh, Tennessee, you said, is probably the next team that might be able to sniff the division. Jalen Wright's really got to step up. Yeah, everything's going to have to. I would say everything's going to have to go right for Tennessee, and they're going to have to beat Georgia in, in the rematch that they have. So, and they can't slip up anywhere else. So well, good luck with that. And they're at Alabama. So I mean. Yeah. I, again, circle the calendar game for Alabama there. Yeah, it, it, Georgia has such an easy cross conference uh, schedule. It, it's Auburn and it's uh, Mississippi. Yeah, they, and they're neither of those teams. As much as I, I'd like to see Ole Miss be able to, to run something up and and start counting the spread, uh, neither of those teams are in Georgia's league. Uh, Mississippi might be interesting, but. Might be interesting, is not in Georgia's league. Ole Miss ain't winning at Georgia no. this year, sorry. No, that's yeah. just it, yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of Joe Milton. I, I don't know how good Tennessee can actually be. They're one of those teams, yeah. I think, that will roll up a good amount of wins, but not actually be that good. That, uh, that for Tennessee, that A&M, Bama, back-to-back, in, in October, it's going to be a real, real big ask for them. Um, and then and then of Georgia, of course, which is which means that's going to be a, a, quite the obstacle just to get to 10 wins for Tennessee. Not saying they can't. They, they, they got A&M at home. They might be able to. They ain't beating Bama. Bama hasn't had to circle Tennessee on the calendar in a long freaking time. Nick Saban ain't going to, ain't going to take last year's upset loss in Knoxville uh, very well. So, yeah, Bama's going to be out for blood when the Volunteers show up to a Bryant-Denny Stadium on October 21st. Yeah, I have Tennessee pencil in at 7. I can see them getting as high as 10, but they've got to win some road games. At Florida early, at Kentucky, after that A&M-Alabama, that's good. That's a good, that's a big-time trap game yep. there. On the road at Commonwealth against a solid Kentucky bunch. That's a tough stretch. And then if they lose that game, they can recover against Connecticut, but then they have to travel to Missouri with a look ahead to Georgia, which may not matter. But again, there's a trap game there at Missouri, yeah. at Kentucky. Yeah, there's, there's, there's just too much, too much in the way for a, for a team as flawed as Tennessee. Tennessee, they're going to be entertaining, but how good they actually are is, is to be determined. South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida. Who do you think might finish third? 
Kentucky just keeps humming along quietly there in the SEC East. They know they're never going to win the conference or anything like that. But man, Mike Stoops is building a little something there, and I respect what they're doing on the football side. Calipari raised a raised a big hell about you know whether we're a basketball school or a football school a few years back, and and, and the football team's been outperforming the basketball team. It, it, it's kind of scary here. Until Florida can prove they can turn themselves back around, I think South, South Carolina's on the upswing, but I don't think they're there yet. I, I would totally buy Kentucky third in the division, or if they can pull that upset against Tennessee, maybe even second. I actually have Kentucky finishing third. I like their schedule. I'm I'm shocked to say that I like Devin Leary coming in from North Carolina State at quarterback. And they also it's have a the, sneak that's a sneaky good fit, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And they also have Vanderbilt transfer Ray Davis coming in at running back. And Davis put up some numbers at Vandy last year. And if you could put up numbers at Vandy, you might be pretty good. Get behind a real offensive line and let's see what happens. So, everybody's boy Spencer Rattler's back quarterback at South Carolina. The funny thing is Austin Stogner, who went to Carolina with him from Oklahoma, is now back in Oklahoma. How'd that happen? Good lord! That's called the transferred South- window. <laughs> Good grief! Yeah, South Carolina season hinges on the first game of the season, just like their opponents. It's North Carolina versus South Carolina. Neutral site, and I'm going to call it neutral because it'll be 75% Gamecock fans in Charlotte. Whoever wins that game is going to get a, you know, going to get a slingshot in momentum. Whoever doesn't is going to be behind the eight ball early on. Uh, it's a, It might be the biggest game of, the, uh, of week one that's not LSU-Florida State. I don't, think my, I don't think it's might. I think it is. I'll give you that, I, I and I hope that North Carolina State ends up on the better end of it than last year's first week game. Let's not talk about Carolina. <laughs> Carolina won. Carolina won the won their week one game last year. It it took acts of God and and me being on a boat, not being able to physically watch it live for me to survive it. But they won it. Damn it! Oh wait a minute! I forgot they won it. I it. it you That's the thing. Everybody acted like Carolina lost that stinking game. They won the goddamn football game. And Danny Ainge bit Tree Rollins. Jesus. Everybody acted like Appalachian State won that football. And I still don't know how. Because it was so, the, that whole... It was stupid. It's still stupid. It'll forever be stupid. And now I'm getting worked up. That's the SEC East. Because I ain't talking about Vanderbilt. And I ain't talking about Missouri. Oh no, Missouri! I think could be entertaining. Just they've got such an easy schedule. I can see them winning eight games. They won't be any good, but they'll win eight games. They could sneak it around. I, I like you, like Drinkwitz. I, I for 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 his sake, I I hope Missouri can uh can can do some good work, pull off an upset here or there, see what happens. Vanderbilt, by the way, uh, no, they're hosting Hawaii this week. They are not the late. Oh, night they're not on the island. That's too bad. No. Vandy, although, you know, I, I guess we could treat you know, the the campus isn't on Maui, so no, no, um, that no, they're 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 on the Big Island. The devastation out there. I don't think people understand how bad a fire that was. It was. Yeah. It, it was literally, as far as acreage, nothing. 
but as far as deaths, it was the it was the deadliest fire in America in a century. In a century. I there was nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it 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 surpassed the campfire that burned down the city of Paradise here in Northern California a few years back. Yeah. So, I'd hearts out to Hawaii. You know, maybe the football team can, uh, you know, make become a feel good story for them. That would be cool if they if they could. Have they made any announcement on the Maui Invitational? And I know this is nothing compared to real world problems. Uh, not that I've seen. Okay. No. Hey, by the way, what do you think of Graham Mertz out at uh, out at Florida from Wisconsin? Man, I don't know about that. It's Florida should Florida should not be struggling to this extent, and I don't think I don't think he's he's a solution to to Florida getting back into. Uh, and I'll go ahead and do it. And we've even made the division to division comparison, but this is SEC football, and I don't know if he's ready for 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 that. It just it just feels off. He's got a couple of electric athletes. Uh, Trevor Etienne, which helps at, at yep. running back and Ricky Purcell. The question is, is can he get the ball to Purcell? And if he can't, then they'll be able to tie up Etienne. It's that simple. Yeah. Yep. Florida still got some things to figure out. The they got pieces, but can they get them to fit together? And that's and that's been the problem there for the last few years. All right, let's head over to the West. I think this is going to be a a dogfight of a division. And I don't think Alabama is going to win it. But, okay. before, but before I throw out who I think will, what do you think? Man, I don't know. I kind of got a hunch that LSU can do it again. I don't trust A&M. And I don't know if Alabama's offense is going to be up to the Nick Saban standard that we have seen over the last 15 years. I think the def- I think Alabama's defense is going to be solid, but I don't know if their offense is going to be I don't know if better than league average is uh, is fair. I don't know if that's too harsh. But I I I there's just enough in the back of my head where I don't trust them right now. It kind of feels, when did Bama had that quote-unquote rebuilding season a few years back? And they went up going to the playoff or whatever it was. It was, hey, that's not bad for a rebuilding season. Uh, I don't remember how it played out. But anyway, that's kind of what it feels like to me. And again, I don't trust A&M. LSU, they've got to go to Tuscaloosa. Again, a circle of the calendar game for Alabama after last year. But I think LSU might be better than they were last year. I'm leaning. I'm leaning with the Tigers here. I think the Tigers will be right up there. Of course, Jaden Daniels is back. Uh, they get Logan Diggs, the running back from Notre Dame, plus their four leading returning rushers from last year. I think that's going to be able to hide their defensive uh, liabilities just by being able to run the ball, eat the clock, make games short. I, I think that's yep. the way they'll be able to win games. And I don't think Brian Kelly has any issue playing the game like that. No, not at all. Not at all. There is a game, though, on September 30th at Mississippi that I think they might slip up on. And at the end of the year, that will be the difference between winning and losing 
the SEC West. I think Mississippi can win this division. Whoa! Ho, 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 hold up now. Wait a minute. Let's, let, let, not, let's not, not saying they're the best team, but look at this schedule. Big boy statements. They're going to lose at Alabama early. Then everybody forgets about them. They get LSU at home. They sneak out a win there. They get Arkansas at home. They're at Auburn. They get Vandy. They get A&M at home. They lose to Georgia. Again, people stop thinking about them. Then they win at Mississippi State, and a couple of other things break. Like if they're going to be if they're going to be six and two in conference, they need a three way tie with Bama. No, I, I think Bama. You would be right if Bama beats Auburn, and I think they lose that last game to Auburn. That drops Bama down to five and three, along with A and M. Wow! So it's a two it's a two way tiebreaker. Mississippi beats LSU. They're your Western Division champs. Oh Jesus! Now a lot I mean, a lot of this relies on Jackson Dart staying healthy, and I know I have mocked all the USC quarterbacks who. Yes, you have out for a month. But if Jackson Dart can stay healthy and he's got an offensive line that might be able to protect him, it's Lane Kiffin we're talking about here. I think I think this might be the team that he can rally around and make some waves. I like your note about Lane Kiffin with a with a young quarterback who 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 can mold him. I, I, I like that. That's a big ask of Ole Miss. Oh, man. Oh, man. The, the West is loaded. The West is loaded. And, 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 and it's easy to sit here and laugh off your pick of Ole Miss, which I, which I do think is hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, again, I don't trust A&M. Arkansas is going to be good. They're not going to be great. They're going to be a problem. They're going to trip someone up along yep. the way. Auburn's got Hugh Freeze in. It's a rebuilding year for the Tigers. I I think they will be entertaining. They will not be good. I promise you that. They will not be good. But they will be a, a as the best Auburn teams. And when I say the best, the most entertaining Auburn teams are agents of chaos. And that's what Auburn will be this season. Um and then you got Mississippi State. It's I'm not gonna say it's wide open, but there are a, the the It'll possibilities of things get the, the possibilities of those things getting weird in the West or there's a lot more pathways there. And it got weird last year. We wound up with the goofy tiebreaker that got LSU into the SEC title game. Um it could be another year like that. And and for, for our entertainment's sake, and again, this could be the this could be the series finale of college football for all we freaking know. The more the more chaos, the better. I hope you're right. I hope Ole Miss wins. I'm sticking with LSU. Well, here's the other reason I like Mississippi. Going back to them very quickly, they picked up three guys out of the portal that are going to be starting wide receivers for them this year. Trey Harris, who had almost a thousand yards at Louisiana Tech, Zachariah Franklin, who was the big guy at Texas San Antonio, and uh, Caden Precorn, who was a really big dude at Memphis. So I mean, they're, they're bringing in size and experience at, at, at a fairly good level. You know, I mean, they've, they've, been their, they've been number ones on good teams. So it's not, I, I think this is going to be the best set of receivers Lane Kiffin has had 
since he's been there as well. Well, if 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 you're a top flight wide receiver, why wouldn't you want to come play for Lane Kiffin? Lane, you know Lane's going to want to throw the ball around the yard best he can. And isn't Judkins still there? And Judkins uh, still in the backfield? Yes, yeah, Judkins is so, still there, and uh, Jordan Watkins uh, is still there as well at wide receiver. They're loaded in the skill positions. That offense is that offense is scary. Yeah, the nine now, returning starters, nine returning starters. Plus these three transfer guys who, who are considered returning starters. Uh, but yeah, I, it, this is a monster offense right here. Lane, Lane Kiffing winning the division would be hilarious. I don't think Ole Miss has ever been to the SEC title game. Really? Ever. Yeah. I think they are the only team in the in the West that has not not although A and M and M hadn't been there, but they haven't been in the division. They're not, you know they're new to the conference. They're the only team in the West that has not been to the SEC title game out of the originals. Well, if if my predictions hold true, the Egg Bowl is going to be very very meaningful this year. Mississippi State will have a chance to take Mississippi out. Mississippi with a win. And an Auburn defeat of Alabama in the Iron Bowl would give them the title. Two, Mass chaos in the SEC West. Yeah. Sign me up. Two teams we need to talk about, of course. Texas A&M. Um, everybody's talking about Bobby Petrino coming in and calling plays for Jimbo. And, oh, my God, how is this going to work? Is this an overblown uh, issue? I don't know. I don't know if either of those guys have the ego to be able to handle it if anything starts to go bad. That's the problem here. Um, A&M needs to hurry up and get something something going here because they've got a lot of a lot of money invested, a lot of public money invested into the program here, and, and things haven't been going the way they thought they would go here the last couple of seasons. Um, They got to go to Tennessee. They got to go to LSU. They do get Bama at home. They came this close to beating Bama last year. We'll see. I, there's just a little too much turbulence under uh, under the sheets here to to trust a And I, I I just I I don't have a good feeling on it. And, of course, we do need to talk about the elephant in the room, Alabama. Tyler Buckner is going to be their starting quarterback in from Notre Dame. Uh, Chase McKellen is going to be their running back. This offense does not impress me. Now, the defense, I think, is going to be solid. But I don't think this offense is going to be able to save them like in past years. I completely agree with you on that. The de- there and and I say all of the all I say everything I'm about to say with with the caveat of don't bet against Nick Saban. All right, <laughs> if there's anybody that can, that can get the room to a unified message in a unified direction, it's Nick Saban. He's I'll say it, he's the greatest college football coach of all time for a reason. But you've already talked about the weapons at Ole Miss's disposal. We know the talent. That LSU has. There's talent across the conference. They're just a step behind on the talent pool on the offense. Now, I do think that their offensive line is going to be more than more than capable enough of 
letting the skill position players make plays, but they're ju- the ceiling for the offense is limited. The defense is going to have to be the ones that that are uh, that I'm not going to say keep them in games, but make plays to swing big games. It's going to have to come down to the defense and not the offense, which means they're going to have to win games. You know those big games, the LSU game, the A&M game, uh, the Ole Miss game. They're going to have to win them 27 to 20 and not 37 35. And they have to not slip up. I'm looking at a game on November 11th, the week after the LSU game. They have to travel to Kentucky. That has trap written all over it. You know, 11 years ago, they had a knockdown drag out with LSU and, and, and had a game the next week against Johnny Manziel that, that led to all, all of those shenanigans. Uh, it was the same sort of setup, trap game city. And that's a Kentucky team that you cannot sleep on, as we talked about a little while ago. They are good enough to beat you. Uh, and Devin Leary is good enough to, to knock somebody off. I'm sure they would love the opportunity to catch a napping Bama team coming into Lexington. All right, let's move from the SEC to, for possibly the last time, a preview of the Pac-12. Mm. I, I'm actually very entertained and excited about the Pac-12. By the way, they are running one conference, best two teams going to the title game. Like it. And there are a ton of returning quarterbacks that's going to make this league very entertaining. You have Cam Rising at Utah. You got Caleb Williams at USC. You got Bo Nix at at Oregon. Michael Penix, Washington. uh, Cameron Ward at Washington State. And uh, Dale Dale Laura at uh, Washington State. There's some talent there. How long has Bo Nix been in college, for God's sake? Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I, I think he's only approaching middle age. It's not like he's pulling the, uh, oh, my God, I, I've already forgotten our Nebraska kid. <laughs> Taylor Martinez? Taylor Martinez, yes. Yes, he, he's, it's not like he's pulling the AARP card out of his back pocket. Good Lord. But it, it, it's actually, I, I loved when Bo Nix decided to come back, and he said, I'm coming back because college is fun. Awesome. I love it. I, just because I love that answer, though, doesn't mean he needs to have a billboard in Times Square right now for his Heisman campaign. Well, you know, New York market, which, man. Which there is one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, New York market, my ass. You got to get the Rutgers vote. Yeah, buddy. Ridiculous. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out right now. The best story here is if Oregon State can win the damn league. That would is be there a good. way that happens? Is there a path that or is there a path to the Beavers winning the Pac-12 oh, as everybody else bails on them after this season? I don't. see If there's it. a God, that will happen. Okay, let, let let me see here. I have them finishing five and four. Let Damn me it. see how they can improve upon that. They have to win at Washington State. They, they've got an at Washington State and then Utah set up early. They'd have to win both of those games. They have to beat Washington at home. That's possible. If they can get on a roll, if they can win one of those two games, Washington State or Utah, the middle of their schedule is very easy. And then if they can split their last two games, Washington and at Oregon, maybe they can finish second and get into the championship game. I'm just looking for anything here. I, because it, it's an absolute sham 
what has happened to the Conference of Champions here. And, and we talked about it last week. Everybody knows. Everybody knows the score here. We just need. We, really, the number one thing is we don't. We, we we don't need USC to win the win the conference. And unfortunately, the Trojans, uh, the, the the lead villains in our story here out west, are the prohibitive favorites. I think. Yeah, I have them and Washington actually tied for the uh, conference title and playing in the championship game. I think Washington. If USC is the villain then Washington has to be our hero. They have a, a fairly easy schedule. They have more talent than people expect, and they have the best defense in the league. Washington is the, is the hero that's going to have to be said, because they, they left for the Big Ten, too. Screw those guys. Well, okay. Screw all these guys. <laughs> You're not leaving me with much hope here. <laughs> that's the pro- I know. That's the problem. It, they're just sucking the life out of it. But you're right, though. There's a ton of great quarterback play in the Pac-12 this year. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws. as to, as to, We kind of need one more Pac-12 uh, playoff team here, but I don't want it to be USC. But they've got the defending Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. He's got weapons around him. Quarterbacks, you know, they, they win games in, in college football. But there, again, there's a lot of them out here. Knicks, Penix, Rising. It's gonna be entertaining for sure. I just, I, I just think USC wins one more game than everybody else. I, I like Washington actually. There's a chance they could run the table and go unbeaten this year. Mm. They, they have to win. Big boy statements. They have to win at USC. I see that as their only loss. They do have a game against Utah at home. They do have a game against Oregon at home. Their non-conference games are fairly easy. They do have to travel to Michigan State, but I think Michigan State's going to be trash this year. If uh, There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of buzz this offseason coming out of Boise. And I don't th- I'm not saying Boise's going to go to Seattle and beat Washington, but I, I do think they can push them. I'll say this. If Washington covers against Boise, They'll be in the Pac-12 title game. If Washington does not cover against Boise, someone's going to knock them off along the way. How about that for Hedge? Okay, there's your big boy statement of the week. Watch the watch the watch the spread for Washington and Boise State. Uh, let me see. What is the line on that right now? It was like 15 the last I looked at it, which I thought was a maybe a smidge high. That seems high. Yes. They play on the second. Monkeys in the truck. Fill them in. It's still 15. Mm. Of course, a lot of these lines have not moved much from the openers at all. I expect them to start to probably by midweek. Middle of this week, yeah. I, I have already run up to Reno and made some plays that uh, we are going to talk about for week zero uh, by the end of this show. So I'm catching good numbers, probably. Good numbers is what we need. We need all the good numbers we can get, sir. So, yeah, I have USC and Washington in the title game. Utah and Oregon, one game back. UCLA might be able to make a run, Oregon State. But I, I think it's down to those four, and it's a matter of who can beat who during the regular season. And maybe we'll have that diagram of badness like we had last year for the Pac-12 title game. 
You know, I'm I'm here for it. I could totally I, I could totally go for the uh, for the Pac-12 Matrix of Doom. You know, one last time before they bow out. It's why I, I'm with you. It, it's it's those four teams at the top. I just think you. I, I just think USC is just a smidge better than everybody else. But it's going to be super fun to get there. Watch out. I'm looking at Washington's schedule. You, they're, they're November at USC. They're home for Utah. Then they got to turn around and go to Oregon State. Yeah. Tricky stretch Trap there. Tricky stretch game. there for the Huskies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The question is, is will Oregon State – and again, it's one of those things. If Oregon State is still in the running at that point, every win Oregon State gets, the momentum is just going to increase exponentially. You're, you are right on that. You are absolutely right on that. Because everybody will buy into exactly what you're saying. You know, they, they will be the good guy who sticks around trying to beat up everybody else who's leaving. Oh, exactly. They they will have all of the all of the, 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 the sentimental momentum with them if they can stay close, and that's gonna be the big the big ask. They don't have Oregon State does not have USC on the schedule. They avoid the Trojans. In the regular season, so that's that's a little bit of a plus there. Yeah, they get that Utah at home. Yes. They get Utah at home. They get Washington at home, but they are at Oregon, who will probably be looking for revenge after being upset last season to Corvallis. Yeah, although that that game, which again, it's the Civil War, guys. Come on, it is what it is. It's the Civil War. Yeah, not a lot of home field advantage there it's a really small state no. you know it's it's not like you have to travel far yeah and again exponential improvements hey uh, by the way i i mentioned Jaden delora washington state no no arizona forgot transfer portal portal always gets you arizona has drew pine in from notre dame and they also get a running back from sac state uh, who, who was their thousand yard rusher cameron scatterboo Great name. Good name. I guess at this point we do have to talk about Colorado and Deion Sanders. Do we have to? <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm going to enjoy watching him get smoked. And, and, two things. I'm going to enjoy watching him get smoked for about the first month of the season and all his disciples losing money on the buffs early. I can see them going 0-4, not only on the field, but against the spread. The number against on TCU, which I think is 20 right now, seems really low. And I think Vegas knows that Colorado fans will bet on Colorado regardless of what the number is. So they might as well make it as easy for TCU to win it against the spread as possible. Dion's De- gonna Dion's gonna catch some public money this year just because he's Dion, especially early on. You got a good point on that. I thought Dion was swack. I thought Dion was swack. I don't know. If, I don't know if Dion's Big Twelve. I don't know if he's like Dan Hawkins here. The rise in levels from the swack to the Pac-12 are excessive, and I think his boys coming in from Jackson State are going to be in for a rude awakening. When they actually play Division One level talent, it's Division One football. <laughs> it's the Big Twelve. 
<laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How long until Shedro gets hurt? Oh man. I'll 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 give it week five. I, I was well, thinking about, how about week. How about week five and a half? How about that? Oh, you're really giving him some confidence. No, I, I think he'll get hurt sometime between Oregon and USC. So I'll I'll go four and a half, maybe. Soon. You're gonna go, you're gonna take the under, okay? He he might get hurt in the Colorado State game. You're not wrong. And and here's the gig: there are four quarterbacks, formerly of Colorado, who are either starting or backups at other Division I programs now this year, they are going to be left with four quarterbacks behind Shedro who are either freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Jeez. So as soon as Shedro gets hurt, they have nothing behind him. But, hey, they got the, you know, <laughs> they got the pass out to the uh, to the Big 12. They got the free, they got the free ride. Congratulations, Dion. That's good. And they also think that Travis Hunter is going to, again, be able to play quarterback quarterback, and wide receiver like he did at Jackson State. Not going to happen. Um, you've got all those quarterbacks we talked about a little while ago. Yeah, good luck with that. Fine. It, it's going to be very entertaining. I guarantee you I will be betting against Colorado probably the first four weeks of the season at some point the Colorado betters are going to stop losing money at which point the Vegas line will turn as well at which point I think Colorado might be a good bet on in the middle of the season as they improve but that's also going to assume that Shedro stays healthy which I don't think is going to happen of course, maybe one of those freshmen with a huge inflated number can get under the number on a back door. Colorado's going to be very entertaining to watch against the spread. Yes, against the spread is the, is the key phrase. They're doing all the work. <laughs> I love the people who think Colorado's going to make a bowl. Vegas has their win total at three and a half. Good grief. And I think they're going under. But I'm not betting into minus 140 on. Good Lord. Yeah, against the spread, doing a lot, a lot of work there. Another new coach in the Pac-12 that could make a difference is Troy Taylor at Stanford. He's bringing in that exotic Sac State offense. He does not have the talent to run it this year. He probably won't have the talent to run it next year. But this is going to be a classic case of year three coach, huge improvement. So 2025, wherever Stanford's playing at that time, they might be pretty good. Could be the ACC, could be independent, could be the Big Ten. Who the hell knows? Could could, could be playing Division II football. we, we got no idea. <laughs> oh, oh, that would so suck for Troy to come in from Sac State to Stanford and then drop down again. Then playing FCS, yeah. Good grief. Hey, by the way, you, you know the unusual bit between Stanford and Cal right now, right? What is that? Okay, Troy Taylor, coaching at Stanford, is a Cal grad. Mm. Cal basketball coach right now, Mark Madsen, Stanford grad. Stanford. <laughs> Interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing Mark Madsen coach. I, that, that, dude, that dude can light up an arena. <laughs> 
Is he going to dance on the sidelines? Yeah, exactly. I, and now I don't have to hate him. Now that he's no longer a Laker, he's cool oh, again. The Laker. <laughs> but yeah, be entertained. Check out Stanford a couple times this year. They are actually the CBS Sports late night get back game on Friday, September 1. Game starts at 8 p.m. Pacific. They're at Hawaii. It'll be inter- it'll be really fun to see what Troy Taylor breaks out on that Stanford offense out in Hawaii. Good point. That'll work. And it is first 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 game on the island this season. Could be could be good times. So with Hawaii out of the question as far as a tourist destination for a little bit. If you wanted to book a vacation, who might you go to to find another place to travel? Look, you don't want to go to Hawaii. You need somewhere to go. You need some good times of your own. Hit up hit up our girl, Wendy Prater, at Magical Journeys Travel. She can hook you up with your next awesome getaway, whether it's Disney World, all major cruise lines, Universal, all-inclusives, all of that kind of stuff. Look, she can do all the work for you. Run down the itineraries. Find out find out what, what resort works best for you and your traveling crew, where you need to go, not need to go. Custom-made itineraries for you and your team at no extra charge to you. Find her on Twitter. Find her on Facebook. Find her on the gram at WP Magic Journeys. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. Before we go any further... I want to thank everybody who's listening, whether it's your 12th year or maybe this is the first time you've heard us at all. Thank you. Thank you for picking up this podcast and listening. This podcast is always going to be free. We thank Wendy Prater's Magical Journey for that. And you will never, ever have to listen to ads for dick enhancements, frozen meat that gets delivered to you, automobiles that are tax credits. And especially, you won't hear touts claiming they have an 80% win percentage and can make you 10 times your money in just one weekend. You'll never hear any of that here. But all we ask is you tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your associates, tell people just randomly on the street to listen to 60 Year Seniors. And if they can find us basically anywhere where podcasts are available, we're there. Our home is Podomatic. Personally, I really like Audacity, uh, but you can find us pretty much anywhere. So again, thank you for listening to the Sixth Year Seniors. It is a joy of Mike and I to do this, and we're thankful that we're able to because of you. Now let's get back to college football previews. Let's take a look at the two independents who are playing in Week Zero. Notre Dame is hosting Navy and Massachusetts is heading out to New Mexico State. Notre Dame, can they be a college football playoff team? First of all, Notre Dame Navy, future future conference rivalry there, as we discussed last week. I sure go hope back so. And listen to, go, go listen to last week to see where that came from. Hey, they got to run more, the table. Had more than a few listeners uh, write in and say, my God, that's a brilliant idea. Sk- skimming Notre Dame here. Nothing jumps out as 
oh my god, this is brutal. Except for that Ohio State game, obviously. They do have to go to Clemson, though. And it's like, okay, that that's that's a problem. They've got USC on the schedule, as always. Um, I, I just, I don't see, I think they'll be competitive. But I don't see a lot here to say that, that Notre Dame is going to be uh, in the college football playoff discussion come come December. They're at NC State. That's a that's a that's a circle of calendar game for the Wolfpack. They do get Ohio State at home. They'll be up for that, but that's a big ask there. They got USC at home, but that's a big ask there. And again, they've got to go to Clemson. That's four games right off top. It's like you know they better be they better bring their A game or or they got problems. Uh, the Pitt game they got Pitt at home. If they're not paying attention there, if they're looking ahead to Clemson, that could be a problem. I just don't see it for the Irish. They're going to be good, but that schedule's that schedule's pretty tough. How many times can they lose and still get in? Once. And it better and, and it and it better be to to either Ohio State or USC. See, my problem with that is, especially if it's Ohio State, if they lose to Ohio State, then Ohio State has the marker that says we get in before they do. Good point. Very good point. And you could also probably say the same thing about Clemson. Oh yeah, absolutely with Clemson. I that's why I I think Notre Dame's got to run the board to get in. And I, I I agree with you. I don't see it happening. I, this will be the most fun Notre Dame team there's been in about a decade with Sam Hartman at quarterback. Yep. But uh, he doesn't have a lot of other electric athletes around him. And the the, the tight end's gone. I can't remember his name now. Oh, uh, you're, you're talking about uh, Mayer, Michael Mayer. Yes. Yeah, Michael Mayer. He was a, he was a handful last year, but. Yeah, Harvard will be good. They'll they'll be a fun team, but I, I I just think I just think there's too many too many obstacles there that are uh in the way. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think they might be able to win most of those games, but a game that they will lose will be the game that will cost them the shot. Simply because somebody's gonna go, We beat them, we deserve to be in before them. And it'll They're suck. gonna go ten and two. Oh, I think they can go eleven and one and not make the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think they're going eleven to one. That's what I'm thinking. I, they're, they're going ten and two. That's it, what those two are. I have no idea, but it'll take some major chaos for them to be able to back in. They open the season in Ireland against Navy, a twenty point favorite. Do we want to throw out week zero bets now or at the end of the show? Hey, it's week zero. All bets are all bets are on. It's not all bets are off. Uh, but as far as format sheet goes, it, it, week zero, we're talking about them as we go along. So let's hit it. All right, Navy plus twenty against Notre Dame. Navy has a new coach, new offensive setup. They're playing in Ireland, which is going to those those soccer fields always slow in college football teams down. NFL teams too. Grass is thicker. Things go. Things move slower. Twenty is just a really big number for what's going to be a short game because of the way these two offenses offenses run, especially overseas. They want to get in. They want to get out. Notre Dame will be happy to win by fourteen. Okay, I see where you're going there. That works. I hope it happens. 
The other team that opens the season in week zero is Massachusetts. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> they do have Taysom. Uh, let me see if I can pronounce this. Uh, Fomocha did. Nah, I'm blowing it. Fomachan? Fomanchan? You're better than I got it. Uh, the kid who used to play at Georgia Tech and Clemson. Yeah, I can't. I can't pronounce it. Not gonna try. Yeah. So um, he's pull, he's pulling the same stunt as the kid who went from Clemson down to uh, App State. Price Rice. Chase. Oh, uh, Chase. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, what's yeah. his name? It doesn't matter, y'all. Chase. Whatever. <laughs> well, I've drawn a total blank on it. I have Mass winning one game this year. Their win total is two. So have fun with that. They're a touchdown. They're a touchdown dog on the road at New Mexico State to start the season. Put the women and children to bed. And I hate to see what they're going to be at Auburn the week after that. Mm-hmm. Let's head over to the new look American. This is going to be a really fun conference. I. This and the Mountain West will probably be what I keep my eyes on most while, you know, the big boys decide which four of the six teams are going to make the college football playoff. So we've still got, let's see, so we got Memphis, UTSA, East Carolina, UAB, Navy, Let's put it this way. In our first show, because we ran long, I didn't get to play a game with you that I wanted to play. Name the team and the conference they're now in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. That would have been real good. And, of course, I ran down all that. And, of course, the defending Cotton Bowl champions, Tulane Greenway. It's going to be such a fun conference. Again, one big mess. Top two teams get in. I actually see Florida Atlantic simply again because of their schedule. Oh, wow. Winning. And I can see Temple, SMU, Tulane, Memphis, all fighting for that second spot. Temple because of the, because of the schedule again. SMU, Tulane, Memphis because they're really good. Texas San Antonio has a really tough schedule that they have to overcome. I like SMU and Tulane here. The SMU pick being a homer pick here. If SMU's been talking all the stuff about trying to get the Pac-12 pack in, in, in the ACC, it, they're they're due to uh, put up before they shut up here. So I, I, let's roll with SMU to win the AAC. Okay, and who's going to finish behind them? I'll lean Tulane here, but it's it, to, to your point, it's wide open. You got five teams that can that can win the conference convincingly here. Like I mentioned, I, I like Florida Atlantic. Here's the biggest reason. And, and unfortunately, only one of these guys can play at once. But they have on their quarterback roster, formerly of Nebraska, Casey Thompson, formerly of Penn State, Michael Johnson, formerly of Central Michigan, Dan Richardson. Plus, they have their own running back back, 1,000-yard rusher, Larry McCameron. They get San Antonio, Tulane, both at home. Screw it. Line up two quarterbacks. Let's snap it to one and let's keep everybody guessing here. Let's try something new. And they also avoid SMU and Memphis. That's I mean, that, that's their gig. They avoid 
them, and then they miss most of the middle of the conference as well, they get to beat up on UAB, Charlotte, South Florida, and Tulsa. And they're the only team that has what I consider the bottom four of the American on their schedule. Oh, wow. Good Schedule matters. Schedule absolutely matters. Well, especially when you've got a 14-team conference and you're only playing uh, eight games in conference. It's almost, it's almost like those big number conferences are a scam. How about that? Yeah, how about that? And the, and the big see that coming. Yeah. And the Big Ten and the SEC think they're going to pull this off with 16. Or 18 in the Big Ten's case. I can't wait. In the next few years, it's going to happen, might happen in 2024, definitely happen by 2025, where they have three unbeaten teams in the conference. Somebody had started doing the, doing the work on that to figure out how, how, the, how it would work. And there were, there were several scenarios. Oh, that's just it. There's several scenarios. Yeah. Because the because the Big Ten's doing that that flex protect or whatever it is to make sure that some of the rivalries are staying. So so they're not balanced schedules. So it's not like it's guaranteed to to run around. So yeah, it, it'll be something stupid. Hey, by the way, we mentioned earlier the length of time at uh, at schools. Frank Harris at Texas San Antonio back for his seventh year. Fantastic, love it. That UTSA Houston game week one ought to be ought to be really really good. Yeah, it should be. Uh, Houston's lost a lot, but um, but still, that's gonna be a fun game. Wasn't that the one that went back and forth in week one last year? Yeah, turned into the real bar burner. Yeah. Yep. At SMU, Preston Stone is their future at quarterback. Now Tanner Mordecai is transferred. We're going to find out how good Stone is. They're going to put the ball in his hands, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're going to find out pretty quick because they're at Oklahoma and at TCU in the first four weeks of the season. So trial by fire. But that's kind of that's kind of why I like them here is, is they're going to get tested out of conference early, and then they can slowly – they've got Charlotte – they got East Carolina. East Carolina might be a little, a little bit of uh, a game Maybe. there. Maybe, yeah. I, I don't know, but then at, I just like the, I like the way it breaks for them after that. They'll be, they'll be battle tested. Well, they avoid San Antonio. They avoid Tulane. They avoid Florida Atlantic. That's huge. Yep. Tulane, of course, bringing back Michael Pratt, the Cotton Bowl champions, defeating USC. They're still going to be strong, especially on the offensive line. You, you, there's just nothing you can look at here that says they're not going to contend for the conference title. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. They're they're going to be solid just as they were last year. I don't think they do any one thing great, but 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 they're a well-rounded bunch, and that may be enough to uh, compete in the American. Navy, I mentioned, has a new coach in. They're bringing in a new offense. It sounds like it might be the old kind of fly offense that you used to see in high school with the two slot backs crossing each other behind the offensive line before the ball snaps. Mm -hmm. I think that might be what they're going to be doing. If so, that will be entertaining. Absolutely. Maybe it'll trick some people up. We'll see. They've got a promising schedule. They avoid San Antonio, Tulane, and Florida Atlantic. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Sounds a little familiar. The team I really, really like is Temple. 
And again, I, I think they are up and coming team, but they have an incredible schedule and they got this kid, EJ Warner at quarterback. Yes, that is the son of LA Ram Super Bowl champ, Kurt Warner. Oh, St. Louis Rams. They're oh, that's LA. right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. All y'all look alike. <laughs> but if you look at the last three games that Temple played last year with EJ at quarterback, they were a remarkably better team. And you look at the schedule, they do have to play San Antonio and SMU. But if I remember correctly, they have them both at home. Let me double check this. Yep, they do. Yeah. They do. They get Memphis. I think they get them at home as well. Yep. And then they have a bunch of bottom feeders. Uh, it's a, their ro- their road slate is their road slate is manageable. I, they're at North Texas. I think of their road games, I think that might be the trickiest one. Yeah. In fact, I will throw that out. That is my best win total of the year. They are five and a half. I actually see they could reach as much as ten. I'm betting over five and a half at minus one fifteen. Are 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 you saying that 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 ten? Rides on whether they can go on the road and beat Rutgers in week two. Yes. That, that big New York-Philly rivalry there. I have a lot of faith in E.J. Warner. A few people put me on to him the first time he started late last year. They're just like, watch. And those look at those last three games of 2022. Temple was so much better than the rest of the 2022 season. You're saying Warner's going to put him on their back, huh? Exactly. You know, he, he's, got, he's got some decent talent behind him as well, and you know, especially at the wide receiver positions. Yes, it will take some monumental efforts from him. We may also see a 500-yard game where he loses. Uh, it's going to be that way for Temple this year. Interesting. So, so not only are they going to be good, they're going to be fun to watch. Yes, yes. That's important. I, it seems like I always end up finding one team that is a feel-good story of the year. New Mexico State last year, San Jose State a couple of years before then. I think Temple might be that team this year. Okay. Another team to watch is the Rice Owls because they, too, have another USC medical research project at quarterback in JT Daniels. <laughs> But the cool thing is here. Oh, man. <laughs> he's got two really good receivers. Luke McCaffrey, who's been trying to play quarterback at Rice for the last couple of years. He's going to be full-fledged as a receiver now. Bradley Rosner, who looked really good as their number one receiver in 2022. This might be the best Rice team we've seen in a while. I mean, They could be like bowl good and legitimately bowl eligible rather than the five and seven they put up last year and getting in on academic eligibility it's a it's a low bar for best rice team we've seen sometimes but yeah yeah but (laughs) you know it didn't hurt though getting those bowl practices last year i think is really going to help them this year every little bit helps absolutely and that's also another one of my win total plays I'm taking Rice over four and a half at minus 115. And I'm going to throw in another one of my win totals, UAB. The total is four and a half under 
is 100. This team is bad. Uh, they, they lost Dylan Hopkins, who we've been high on the last few years. They're moving into a bigger conference. I can see them winning only one game. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, you look at this schedule, and you try to find, especially after a preseason that includes a game going to Georgia, followed by at Tulane. I think that is going to just really hurt them physically. So as the rest of the schedule, they're just going to be catching up, trying to get guys healthy, and then trying to get guys enhanced in a new offense and defense until they get hurt again. Not going to be not going to be in Birmingham for the Dragons this year. No, it, it'll it's unfortunate. So that's all I have for the American. You got anything else? I got nothing else on the American. Right. Let wide open should be fun, but they are not. They are not the power six. And who might you think and that is? Mountain top of the Mountain West is better than the top of the American. I think it's going to be good. You got Boise. You got Fresno. San Diego State's going to be good. A lot going on in the Mountain West here. They've gotten rid of divisions this season, and and, and it's it's going to be a fight. This is your late-night college football. Forget the Pac-12. The Mountain West is going to be the, the games to pl- to watch. I, get, I agree with you totally. Who do you have winning? It's a homer pick, but I, but, but I think Boise's finally, quote-unquote, back. Talon Green has had a year to, 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 to mature. I think he's going to be dynamite. He is, he is a poor man's Vince Young. And I oh. just don't know how. I, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm, he's not Vince Young, but... Playing in the Mountain West, he could he could be Vince Young esque. Like I said, it's it's not a, it's not a one for one comparison, but he can get out in the field. He he, he can he, he's a threat to run. He's got a couple guys he can throw to. And he's got a couple of really really good tailbacks he can hand off to. If the offensive line has upgraded at all, which I think it has, uh, that offense is going to be hell. And they've got enough talent on the defensive side to uh to not lose games. So I think, I think Boise's the team to beat in the mountain West, but they've got some contenders knocking at the door. How long has George Halani been around? Is this, him that was one of the guys he's God, he's been at Boise. I swear for, for eight seasons now. <laughs> so good Lord. No, I agree with you. I have Boise winning the conference with air force and Wyoming finishing second air force gets tiebreaker. I'm digging on Air Force. I think they're going to be really good this year. They'll be better when they fit into the uh, the military academic conference <laughs> in the future. The Notre Dame conference. The Notre Dame conference. Yeah, Wyoming's going to be good. Air Force is going to be good. Like I said, I, I, I think San Diego State's actually going to take a little bit. Of, I think San Diego State's defense is going to take a step back. At the same time, their offense uh, finally improves a little bit. So it's not going to be like 13-10. Uh, like we've seen in the San Diego State games over the past few years. The offense is getting a little bit better. It's good. It's a good league out there this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Wyoming's going to do the same thing they did last year, except we won't be surprised by it this year. In fact, I think it was the Air Force game where Wyoming was outgained by 200 yards and had minus two turnovers, yet somehow won the game. Uh, there were a couple of just a crazy wins that Wyoming had. 
Won't be crazy I this why, year. Why, I remember Wyoming going into Boise last year, or maybe it was like maybe it was a home game. Wyoming took Boise to the limit last year when Boise went eight zero in the league. Again, yeah, you're right. They're not going to surprise anybody this year. So that that's that's a good thing, which means they can sustain um, their quality of play, but they will not have the ability to, to sneak up on people as much as they did last season. At Fresno State, uh, Josh Hayner graduates. They get Mikey Keene from Central Florida. That That's an interesting uh, trip across the country for him. I think Fresno... I think that... I, I was going to say, that's a better fit than, than the kid going from Wisconsin to uh, Florida. <laughs> true, true. Shevin Cordero is back for San Jose State. Nick Nash, who, man, I wish he'd gotten more run, is finally moved to wide receiver full-time. Maybe we'll see him have a breakout year. Maybe they can run a little wide receiver, wide receiver reverse pass, and you know sneak it constantly. Around. Got some, yes, got some options here. They in UNLV, I think they they play the final week of the season, and that will probably be for bowl on a pole. Bowl on a pole. Let's do it. Uh, Colorado State's in year two of the Nevada raid. Still have Clay Millen at quarterback. From the Wolfpack, Troy Hunter at wide receiver, a couple of key offensive linemen. They can't be any worse than last year, but I really think they can improve greatly. And, hey, they're at Colorado on September 16th, and wouldn't it be fun if they can beat the Buffalo? I think it's totally in play. They won't be as bad as they were last year. They're still not a they're still not a good football team, and I don't expect the Rams to compete for the conference title. But I do think they can uh, flirt with bowl eligibility. Nevada gets one of those Colorado quarterbacks who transferred. Brandon Lewis will be their starter. Probably split some time with Shane Illensworth, who again medical research project from Oklahoma State. They're going to improve. They were awfully lucky last year early. So as long as their luck doesn't severely regress, I think their improvement will outgain the unluckiness. They'll be a better team this year. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I think they'll be better. Not a threat, but but at least at least somebody's good enough to, again, you, they could catch somebody napping and, and knock somebody off. At UNLV, the Marcus Arroyo era is over after just three years. Barry Odom coming in from Missouri. Interesting fit there, but I I think Odom might be able to to put some something together there in Vegas. I'll be interested to see how that turns out. I really the only thing they want is six wins out of that team. Yeah. And again, it may come down to the final game of the season, hosting San Jose State. If they get their sixth win. At home, final game of the season. That place, for Vegas standards, might go nuts. Yeah, gives them another game to bet. For the well, alumni. that's always the important. It's all, yes. so you got to keep the alumni happy. You know, We've been tr- preaching that for 12 years. We talk about Hawaii a bit. Uh, this is year two of Timmy Chang. Tylon Hines is going to be their new day-day hunter at running back. I'm just not sure they have a lot of talent on this team. The late night get backs might be 
only worth half a game of watching unless you got money mm. on it and you're betting Hawaii well, as trip. a big we, dog. Yeah. We encourage you to put money on the uh, on the late night get back game. And then donate your winnings to the cause out there, Matt. There you are. There you are. And let me go to my final win total bet of the year. I'm surprised they all ended up on our first week here. The New Mexico Lobos, over three and a half, plus 110. They have a really easy non-conference schedule early to get them some momentum that'll give them a few wins in midseason, and they should be surpassing three and a half by the time they get to the meat of their schedule late. They also are bringing in Dylan Hopkins, who's let, who left UAB because his offensive coordinator went to New Mexico. Ah, okay. I like where you're going there. Always helps to have a quarterback who knows the new system. Good point. Very good point. Finally, let's take a look at Conference USA, which was this year's version of what next year's Pac-12 will look like. <laughs> CUSA is down to, I believe, nine teams right now, and that's only because two teams moved in from Division One AA. Welcome, Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. Ja- shout out to Jack State, brother's alma mater. Which, folks, is not in Florida. It's in Alabama. Absolutely. It's east of Birmingham. I think Sam Houston could actually do some damage in this league in year one. They're, they're not bowl eligible. Neither of these teams are. But I can see Sam Houston getting to like 500 in conference, maybe winning one of their non-conference games. They have a lot of talent off a very successful team from last year. I haven't heard the phrase, I think Sam Houston could do some damage since 86 crop. <laughs> Just saying. And the only one saying that was Baby Doll. <laughs> Shout out to Buddy Landell. I got. I've. Got, I really have nothing on Conference USA here. This conference is is a dumpster fire. It really is. Western Kentucky is far the best team in the conference. Yep. I see him going unbeaten pretty easily. Austin Reed. Uh, who came in two years ago from North Florida, returns at quarterback. It's going to be the same setup that Western Kentucky's had for the last three years. They're going to throw the ball all over the place. They're going to have 400-yard passing games. They're going to beat some teams 50-35. to I really do not see them having much trouble in the conference, mainly because their biggest opponents are at home. They've got Liberty at home. Mm And they have Middle Tennessee at home. Yep. Maybe that UTEP game on November 4th where they have to travel. But other than that, I'm, I'm not seeing Western Kentucky having a problem here. I gather they're taking a second-place team and playing a conference title. And that would... I, I would certainly assume so. Can, yeah. can they do that when they don't have... Well, can, didn't you have to have like 12 teams to be able to have a conference title game? They petitioned it down several years ago. Oh, okay. When the Big Twelve, when the Big Twelve went down to ten. Oh, that's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, one true champion. 
Let's have, then let's play another game. Well, there yeah. there we go. West, there, there's Conference USA's new uh, new slogan: "One true champion." Because we've only got nine teams. Somebody, please play with us. Hey, please do. I, hey, I just love that we've got a true round robin. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> God, that's all I ask for in college sports. Give me a round robin or a double round robin. If the NCAA would have mandated that being a rule, you know, 20 years ago, all we everything would have been saved all along. No kidding, because then at most you'd have 10 teams in a conference. Yeah, you could play nine conference games. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny. The NCAA can mandate a minimum amount of teams in the league, but never mandated a maximum. How fucking stupid can you be? <laughs> Jesus. I am shocked that the NCAA is able to mandate a luncheon at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, this is the most feckless organization of anything I've seen since, oh, I don't know, the Donald Trump presidency. <laughs> since the York Foundation. <laughs> the York Foundation? Is that what you just said? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> at least the com- at least the computer can make a decision. It might not have been the best decision, but it can make a decision. If I remember correctly, the, the the computer the computer not only made a decision, it could tell you exactly when her uh, team member was going to win the match to the second. Yes, it would. Yes, it, it would be. It would be in. Un, it wouldn't say the exact second, oh, I thought it but it'd be under under a certain amount of time. Man, we could have made so much money on that. I know. What a good. If there were pro wrestling lines. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a minute, okay, when was it? That was 92. Yeah, Pinnacle was up and running at that point. No, 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 no. No, but Inter What was the name of that first company? It was Interbet, I think is what it was called. It was like the, the first sports gambling website that was down in Costa Rica that was flaunting U.S. law. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I was on that as soon as it came aboard. I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked, are you? <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 92 or 93. All right. I think that's all we have here. We're going to come back. Uh, do you have any uh, week zero plays that you want to throw out? I do not. I do not. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take my time getting into the uh, to the season this year. All right. So we have one week zero play. That's Navy plus 20 against Notre Dame. We're going to come back next Monday and talk about the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, the remaining independents, the Sun Belt, and the MAC. Boom. Sounds like a plan. We'll do it again next week. All right, unless you have anything else for us, Mikey, send us home. Man, I've got nothing, but you know where I'm going with this. For Michael Wall Street, Thomas Rich, Terrence Taylor, Richard Morton, Mr. Hughes, and Alexandra York, that's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back here to do the second half of our college football previews next week, right here on 60 Your Senior.